Yo, what up? It's your boy, Ant Wright, with another episode of Big Ten Coast to Coast. We keep saying that we're going to do more. I don't know. What's up, Matt? Yeah, we're kind of slacking. My bad, my bad. But what's up, everybody? Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, last time we were talking, right, um, Big Ten was just starting to get into full swing. Um, and, and now it's it's gone all haywire. I don't really know what to 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 say about the Big Ten right now because there's so many different storylines and so many different things going on. So where do you? It is a hot, hot, a hot, mess. hot mess on a Saturday on in August in Atlanta, like hot, like it's like 95 degrees and muggy hot. Um, so I really I don't know where to start. Where do you, where do you, where do you want to start? I don't know. I can't remember the last time that only one team was ranked and that one team was number one in the country. I, um, it, I had a tweet that said, like, this is what the West Coast Conference usually Exactly, like. yeah, because it's like Gonzaga's usually number one and then it's everybody else. And it's like, I... <laughs> it's so strange. I don't, so strange. I don't know what's going on. So strange. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, okay, I want Let's your... I'm going to see if it's, the, if it's the same as mine. I need your um, – what are you most disappointed in, your, your most disappointed team, and mm. your and your most surprised? So let's go disappointed first and then go with your surprise team second. Okay, so I would say disappointed for me, and this is going to be tough for you to hear, and that's been Michigan because I thought – Going into the year, everything I heard about Michigan going into this year, um, all the media done around them, I was actually hyped to see them because I thought, you know, I thought Llewellyn was going to be a, like a nice piece that they were adding. I thought Jet, who, by the way, has been good. I'm not saying Jet ha- has been bad or anything, but I thought Jet was going to be um, able to take over more in games. And to be fair, like, I think that all makes sense in a way, but. I definitely should have probably tempered my, and I also thought Hunter Dickinson was going to be better. Like they've, they've coaching staff hasn't been great either. So I, for me, it's been, it's been Michigan. Um, it's been the dis- biggest disappointment. Cause again, like I, a lot of the teams that had expectations going into the year are like up towards the top of the conference. I know, I think Illinois is going through a tough time right now and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I think most of the teams that were expected to be there are still there. It's just that Purdue is is so much better than yeah. what people expected, so it, it kind of confuses people, right? But right, um, I'll go with my disappointed next. Okay. Um, for me, well, from okay, so for Michigan, you can I think you can see why they are struggling, uh, especially after Llewellyn goes down. Uh, you have. Uh, a very young backcourt. You have a true freshman, then you got a a nineteen year old sophomore who didn't play last year running the backcourt. Then you right. have a true freshman running the wing position. Yes, looking like an NBA draft pick, but still, um, it's really hard to win in this league when with like younger guys and they're and they're young at the at the three most important spots, right? Um, right, and then you look at. Uh, the power forward spot, which is in flux, not in flux to the coaching staff, but <laughs> in flux, um, <laughs> yeah, in flux yeah. for when it comes to rotations, 
off of like when to play teams based on who they're playing against and, and all that. And I'll agree with Hunter. I think Hunter's pretty similar to last year. Um, I think he needed to take another step similar to like what he's doing um, in terms of just sheer dominance. Cause he has, he has the talent in my opinion. Yes, he does. That's what's so frustrating about it. Yeah. And I think he's smart enough to be a better rebounder because he understands body, body positioning and he just understands the, the game and how all that goes. So um, my letdown team is going to be Ohio State. Mm. I, I thought that – I thought they were going to be – I thought they were going to be able to compete in that, like, top four-ish team range. You know, you have – Right. You have – I like Sean McNeil. I like Sean McNeil a lot, the West Virginia transfer. Yep. Um, but when you have, like, someone like Bryce Sensabaugh to come in right away and playing alongside Justice Sewing. Uh, who was not able to play last year due to injury. Um, and then you're looking at Zed Key down low. I just think that's a that is I think that is a team that um that you expected a lot more from. And for them to be three and six in the conference, losing six of their, their last seven um Big Ten games. Yeah. For me, that's that's kind of wild. And it's and it's not like they were playing – well, they did play top of the league in Purdue and Rutgers, but you lose to Nebraska, Maryland, and Minnesota. That's, you can't You can't do that. You can't do that. Cannot do that. Um, all three of them, all three in those games. You have, you have to win one at minimum when you're playing probably the yep. – you're playing – you know, two of the worst three teams and, for sure. Yeah, Maryland. Two of the worst three. Yeah. yeah, and then Maryland's bottom half of the league. You have to come out with at least one win there, um, especially with the personnel. And and you're talking about a team, mind you, like like they they went out to Maui, right? And went two and yep. one. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Texas Tech. Lost a tough game to San Diego State. Um, they beat Rutgers early in December. I mean, this is a this is a this is a this is a pretty good team overall. Started out the year what ten and three, I believe, and then I think they were also. Mm-hmm. I want to say that they were also ranked. Um, I think they were ranked. I think twenty was it twenty fourth at one point. They were. I thought they were higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Pretty sure it's like this was a team that was coming on, right? A team that really nobody had expectations for. I did, but like the polls and all that, they didn't have expectations for them. Um, but to like start out pretty solid, right? You're, you're looking at a solid, a solid trip to Hawaii. Um, you know, you you lose some tough games. You lost a tough one in North Carolina in a game that they probably should have won. Um, yeah. When uh, I believe it was Pete Nance, Pete Nance hit that um, fading jump shot at the buzzer to force overtime. You would just think that, like, man, like this, man, this this team is so close, and the wheels are falling off here quite a bit. So they would be my disappointment team. Uh, who is who is your most surprise? Who is your team that like, okay didn't see all this right. coming at all? Okay, so. 
I, I would say if you look at the top three in the Big Ten, I think I think they've all been surprises, but I think they all are in their own tiers, right? So, for instance, I don't think you'll ever be surprised about Purdue having a good regular season under Matt Painter. So that shouldn't really be right. a surprise. If you've been paying attention to Big Ten basketball at all in the last two years, Rutgers being toward the top of the Big Ten shouldn't should even more than that should not yeah 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 should not really be a surprise honestly if, if you've been paying any attention at all yeah sure. northwestern starting the season five and three with wins against indiana illinois and michigan state is by far the biggest surprise yeah. now to be fair they have hit a rough patch they played against rutgers again who's right in front of them in the big 10 standings close game lost it and that, yeah, real and, close. They were in control of that game too mm-hmm. for for uh, for a bit there. Yeah, they kind of they threw it at the end. But again, and that's that's Rutgers yeah, just did. like toughness and clutch gene right there. Up up four with a minute left. Yeah, yeah, and, and then seven zero, which is which uh, that one hurts. That just that just hurts because yeah. that's that's an opportunity to get ahead. They 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 win that game. They are in second in the Big Ten. Right now, they're still behind Rutgers, who's yep. obviously having, I just said before previously, like having a fantastic start to the season. And then at Michigan, right, um, they mm-hmm. lost that game as well. Now, they've won their last two against Wisconsin and Nebraska. They play against the worst team. Two really good wins. At Nebraska's not a cakewalk. Nope. And then, then you hold serve against a Wisconsin team who is looking to, like, they've been struggling, and that's a really good win for them to keep them struggling, you know? Correct. Yeah, you gotta you gotta beat your opponents while they're down. Um, yeah. And now they play Minnesota and Iowa this week. Uh, Minnesota tomorrow and and Iowa, I guess on Monday of next week. Um, they should split at once. Yeah, at sh- they should beat Minnesota. Like I, I I cannot stress this enough. Minnesota is clearly the worst team in the conference. Um, but I I look the way they played against Indiana. If they're making shots like that, they're they're gonna be they're gonna scare some teams. But they, you should still beat them at the end of the day. So um, I expect Northwestern to still kind of be there come mid-February, right? Again, they, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin, again, at Wisconsin, and then Ohio State. Like, they should be able to have a winning record in those games um, as the conference season goes on, and they'll be a player come come March uh, as far as getting a bid, which is not something I expected to say at this time this year, like at the beginning of the year, like that's not, that's not something that I could have possibly predicted. I don't know if you're in the same boat with that. Same boat. Same boat. Um, I think Northwestern doing what they're doing after, I mean, I know it was two years ago, but, he, but they lost Miller cop two years ago. Um, yep. they lost Pete Nance and they lost Ryan young. These guys are all starting on, at worst, bubble teams and teams who are expecting to play in the NCAA tournament. Um, and I'm going to say this. What Northwestern and what their coaches have done with Matt Nicholson, number 34, he's about seven feet tall, um, big bodies, like 250, 260, to turn him yep. into, a, into a pretty decent big 10 center is one of the best development jobs I have seen. I saw this kid play at Clarkston. The dude could barely chew gum 
and stand up straight at the same time. Oh goodness. Like, like no disrespect to him, but like I, but he, he always had a good work ethic and he always was a worker. Um, Right. He was always attentive and it felt like he was, he, like he wanted to get better. Right. Um, He committed to Northwestern. I was like, you know what, Mm, man? Yeah. Probably not gonna play right away, but give that kid a couple years. Like, you know, he he may be able to play, you know, like nine ten minutes, um, you know, to back up whoever the five is. But no, yeah. he's playing over twenty minutes a game, um, giving really good minutes. I believe he leads them in rebounding. Um, he he dunks everything. He finishes everything around the basket, and he's big out there. Like he's a big. Seven feet, two sixty. Some some guys are seven feet. You're like, eh, they look kind of small out there. He is a big person, and he takes up a lot of space. What he's been doing with him and Robbie Barron holding the fort with guys like Ryan Young and Pete Nance leaving has been awesome. Um, Boo Boo and Chase Adish. Chase Adish has you know, watching him. <laughs> We always joke that like he never shoots the ball higher than the basket, but it just goes in. It's like the worst right. thing ever. Yeah. Um, what they've been doing this year, um, not on great efficiency, but at the same time, uh, this is this is you know, he's he's much more efficient this year than he was last year. Um Chase, mm, Chase Adish. Yeah. And what he's been as a defender has been really good too. I believe he's leading in steals, but he's also not a super gambler. Well, there's some guys who who get a bunch of steals, but they get right. burned. So the stats a bit misleading, right? But I think from a defensive standpoint, he's got really long arms. Yeah. He's got really, really long arms. Um it seems like a it seems like a long shot, but like if he plays a few games in the league, I will not be surprised. I will be surprised. And it's mainly because from a defender's standpoint, mm. like he's like he's a lot bigger than what people think. Like he's 6'4", probably like 205, 210, really long. Yeah. Like yeah. I want to know what his wingspan is. It's got to – he's got to be like a plus five, bro. It's got to be at least 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, um Bro, that's what I was gonna say about Northwestern. It's it's not that they're like a great offensive team. It's like they're 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 only shooting thirty two percent from the year, you know, like from three, right? Like they're not they're not shooting people out of the gym for the most part. Uh, yeah, it's it's the, they're grinding, grinding out. out with defense and, and like they're averaging eight and a half steals per game. Like that that's their average, right? Yep. Which is and not beating themselves exactly. They don't turn they're the ball over. Country turnovers with nine yeah, they, per game. Yeah, they don't turn the ball over. They have a great assist to turnover ratio. They get a ton of steals. Um, good, like you said, Nicholson comes in and he like absolutely manhandled Trace in that that Northwestern game. Indiana played Northwestern. He could not yeah. deal with Nicholson's size. Um, this team is they're good. They're good. Now, are they the best team I've ever seen play in the Big Ten? No, there's clearly problems with them. Again, they, they can't shoot the ball very well. Um, you know, even though they have, weirdly enough, they, have, they don't shoot the ball well, but they have great free throw shooting. So I, I, it's just confusing. But 
again, they, they're going to grind out games. They make games ugly. They've like almost like been like, hey, you know, fuck it. Like, you know, I've seen Wisconsin do this. Like, let's just let's just try to be Wisconsin. <laughs> and it, it's it's working. It's working. Um, and uh, and again, like you said, like uh, Chase Adige is just leading, leading the team. This is almost 2.7 steals per game this year. Ty Berry's at 1.6. Like, it's hard to average like a steal and a half per game. And they have two guys doing that. Adige's three in Big Ten play. I believe exactly. he's three in Big so, Ten play. Um, Adige's having a great year. Again, I think, what is he? He's a senior, right? Surely, right? Yeah. He didn't come he back, can next, come year. back next year. Um, Boo Boo is also a senior again. It's it's like I feel like we should we shouldn't be surprised by Northwestern, but then again, we should be surprised by North, Northwestern. Boo Boo, we can't do. Like this look, Boo Boo, we can't do. Yeah, but like, again, like I don't think senior the like, guard play in the Big Ten is so huge, right? Even though the best players in the Big Ten, right? And you think about the best players in the Big Ten, they're bigs, right? But guard play is so important in college basketball. It's it's a guards game now. Um and Northwestern has two solid senior four year starters in Boo Booey and, and Chase Audige or, or four year contributors, I guess is a better better word for them. Um who just know how to get it done, right? And you look at the teams that were projected to be at the top of the Big Ten this year. You look at Indiana and Illinois Indiana had a, a senior point guard who's gone down now and has, you know, their guard play is a bunch of freshmen, sophomores. You know, Illinois is the same problem, right? Like their point guard play is literally freshmen, right? Um, and that is why they're struggling in the league uh, league this year. Like it's so tough to come in as a guard and, and contribute right away. I, I think I've stressed that in every episode um, we've had of this damn co- podcast, but it's true. Like, again, and so – I now hindsight 2020 Northwestern kind of makes sense to me in a league where guard play across the league is just kind of down this year. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. 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 It does make sense. It does. It does. And, and to kind of have good timing, good backcourt is going to win you some games that you probably shouldn't, uh, and that's kind of what it comes down to. Are you an NCAA tournament team or are you not is going to come down to, or can you steal three or four games somewhere? Stealing three or four games is the difference between 16 wins and 20 wins. That's a big difference between NIT yeah. or being a nine or 10 seed and rocking out in the NCAA tournament. And then now fans are back into it because you're winning and your boy Chris saves his job. Now, now he stay there even longer. You know, like, just just go to the tournament right, every yeah. like five or six years because they've never been. You know, and um, if those two guys come back, I believe they can return pretty much everybody. Uh, I'm not sure how. I'm not sure how old Robbie Barron is. Oh, Barron Barron can come back too. So like. They can return pretty much everybody, uh, have the same starting group and come back and I'm not saying contend for the league next year, but be one of those teams that like, hey, look, yeah, we're going to be in the NCAA tournament, but we're trying to win a, win a Big Ten championship. And if you're Northwestern, that's your mindset. It's wild. It's, it's kind of wild. From the outside looking in to think of Northwestern in that sense, it's kind of crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. You know, looking forward in their schedule, um, they only play Purdue once. Again, they only play the one team in the league that's giving everybody fits. They only play them once at home, and then they play Indiana three days later. They have a shot over these next five games to really establish themselves before they hit a kind of a little rougher patch. They have Minnesota, the worst team in the league. They go to Iowa, Mm -hmm. who's still missing McCaffrey. They host Michigan in a game that was pretty – was pretty was close there yeah yeah it's not like it was a blowout you know um then they go to wisconsin a team that they just beat and then you go to an ohio state team that has been struggling um but they're pretty talented if they can win three of their next five uh they're in a pretty decent spot they're in a pretty decent spot that puts them at 17 and 7 at 17 and 7 um Heading to hosting Purdue, Indiana, and Iowa. Three straight home games over eight days. Three straight home games. And if you can win one or two there, they're going to be in a really good spot. Really, really good spot. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, the, I, look, the league this year, you go and look at the conference standings right now. Like it's Purdue and Rutgers. And I guess Northwestern, they've played one less game than Rutgers, but Purdue, Rutgers, Northwestern. And there's like half the damn league is at four or five losses <laughs> in the conference. It's, it's like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams are sitting at either six and, f- or six and four, five and four, or four and five. Like, it's they're all within one game of each other. It's so disgusting. Um Want to hear something controversial, right quick? Let's let's hear it. I think I think Zach Eady is going to be National Player of the Year, and I but I think TJD should be big big time Player of the Year. Hmm. See, Purdue fans would be really mad at that, and IU fans would also be really mad at that, and I kind of like that. <laughs> it's like like if you look at the. If you look at the entire season, I think Zach Eady is right on top of being National Player of the Year. Just if you look at the whole season, what he's done against some really, some like some like really good programs, right? Um, if you're looking at the right, let's look at the Gonzaga game, right? Twenty three seven rebounds and three blocks, pretty good, pretty decent. Um, if you're looking at him against Duke. Another nice showing, 21 points, 12 rebounds, and three assists. But that's what he's been doing um, pretty much all year is just straight dominating and just treating these opposite players like they're just children. Um, some of these, like, man, you know, 30 and 13 and 29 and 16 against Davison. Uh, Minnesota earlier in the year, 31 and 22. Uh, you know, guess West Virginia, 24 and 12. Just really, really good games, man. Against a good Marquette team who we didn't know was good then, uh, 20 and 13. And the, the biggest thing was he's playing so many minutes. Um, I'm, I am kind of concerned with the minutes that he's playing. 
can he finish out the season like this? Because he's so he's seven four, three bills plus three bills with some change. Can he play thirty yeah. to thirty five minutes to finish the season? Um, I hope he can, just for the sake of just wanting to see good basketball. But I just think what TJD has been doing in the league, you know, Indiana's fourteen and six right now. They were missing Xavier. They've, they're still missing Xavier Johnson. They miss Race Race Thompson for 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 a while. Listen, like four or five games. Yeah. yeah. So listen to TJD's last. Let's go last seven games. 25, 25 points, twenty one rebounds, six blocks against Minnesota in an ugly game where Indiana scored sixty one points. Without TJD, Minnesota easily wins that game. I mean, what TJD was doing to rim protect late, like it was like three or four blocks. Like they, Minnesota could not get a layup when he was beat. Indiana's defense was beat, and he just erases everything. Um, against Michigan State, 31, 15, four assists and five blocks. Against at Illinois, 35 points, nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks. Wisconsin, 18 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, five blocks. Penn State, 14 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, two blocks. Northwestern, 18 points, 24 rebounds, eight assists, four blocks. At Iowa, 30 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three blocks. I mean, he is putting up disgusting numbers. Without TJD, Indiana is hanging out with Nebraska, and I am dead serious about that. Without Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson, like – Imagine if they didn't have TJD back this year. They would be in trouble. If you're looking at just if you're looking at just the just the just the games in conference, just the Big Ten, right? TJD is yeah. second in scoring. He is one tenth of a point mm-hmm. behind Chris Murray. Rebounds, he's number one, right. 13.6 rebounds a game. A tenth of a point in front of Zach Eady. Wise, he's he's averaging twenty one point eight assists. He is fourth in the conference in assists at four point yep. seven. He leads the conference by far in blocks, three point nine a game, and he's doing this at seventy percent. Maybe like his back is a hot mess. Him being able to average basically twenty two, thirteen and a half, and four blocks. And almost five assists on like on a bad back by the, the way. Big Ten is incredible. Absolutely on a bad incredible. back too. Yes, his back doesn't even work half half the time. But he's been doing his wide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've been I've been getting mocked in playback about his back, and it's a serious actual thing. Uh, yeah, he's he's he had a back issue. For those that don't know, um, he fell on his back during the Rutgers game, like heavy, like hard fall, like Cliff Omarui 
it wasn't like a dirty foul or anything, but it was just like a hard foul. Um, and he just hurt something in his back. So I lost that Iowa game at Iowa. That guy was literally walking off the court in Iowa city, holding his back. Like it was that bad. Um, so again, for IU to be in this position, um, and, and legitimately be still up towards the, the top of the contenders, missing our starting point guard, missing IU's missing race Thompson, the, like their go-to secondary post guy and, and just do everything forward, senior leader. And you have to play Jordan Geronimo for like 30 minutes a game who wasn't expected to really contribute, you know, too much this year. Um, you know, Tamar Bates, who I was hoping to have a breakout year, has to totally step up. Miller Cop is having a bad shooting performances, and Indiana still stays afloat against Michigan State, Illinois, and Wisconsin, and figures out a way to actually win those games because of how good Trace was. Um, it, it's just credit to him. Yeah, I think he absolutely deserves to be in conversation for for both Big Ten Player of the Year and National Player of the Year. But I feel like it's it's Edie's award to lose at this point. Um, the national player years is what I'm talking about. I think it's ease. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with the All American nods. First, I think I think Trace deserves first team at this point. The way he's been playing, if he continues this up the rest of Big Ten play, I think it'll pre- pretty much be a lock. Yeah, like the the numbers are absolutely stupid. I mean, you're looking at like mean, he's carrying a team where the number two uh, should be a pro at some point, um, possibly getting drafted here. Um, Jalen Hood Shafino, last two games, eight points on 17 shots. Eight points on 17 yeah. shots, made three field goals. That's the number two. And they were still able to beat a Michigan State team, and they were still able to be, go on the road and beat a Minnesota team that they had no business beating, honestly. Honestly. They came out in the zone. Yeah. They, they, they didn't he, have their coach. Mike Woodson wasn't even there. Exactly. No, no, no. And it was driving me insane towards the end of the Minnesota game because they didn't sub from the under eight until the end of the game. They had the same lineup. There was not a there was not a change. And like during like Woodson's in there, he got real tight. He got got tight. Yeah, he got tight, like super tight. And it's like, bro, like get like like Ray Thompson's been injured for like the last five games. Like he looked like he needed oxygen on the last three possessions. Like, cause he's so tired out there. He has a play. Uh, yeah. Trace leads the team in points, rebounds, blocks. He's second among those playing in assists. Second from from the center position. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's insane. That's insane. That's the one thing about his game that's drastically improved. Yeah, he was always like a high efficiency, high points guys. Like I was always confused, especially in his first two years. He would have every game was like 10 of 11 from the floor. Like he would miss one shot. He'd maybe miss like three or four. He had a couple bad games, of course, but that would be surprising to us Indiana fans because we just, he, he was shooting like 70%. He's still shooting 60% from the floor. And you add in the fact that he can now play make. Like, come on. Like, like his passing is, is, is improved tremendously. Um, Indiana is going to be a team that you don't want to mess with when they get Xavier Johnson back um, and they get Grace Thompson. It'll be interesting because, look, when he comes back, the dynamic changes a bit, right? 
how is Huchafino going to react? How's everyone else going to react around him? Because when you because when you add an asset, things got to move around and they got to morph. You know what I mean? Um, and right. like you would hope that once he comes in, you'll see a positive morphing. You know what I mean? You'll see a positive um, reaction to him joining the lineup again. Uh, real quick, uh, Trey Jackson Davis leads Indiana in Big Ten play in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and minutes. Like, he is the team. He is the team right yeah. now. He has been the team for the last three years, um, and I'm sick of it. I think mean, he needs some help. But he's so, going so. another level. Like, I see yeah. this – I haven't seen this type of dominance, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It, he has completely he stepped it up. No question. During Big Ten play, he has completely stepped it up from being one of the best players in the country to possibly being the best player in the country, all in the midst of dealing with a back injury. Yes, arguably, arguably, I will say this, arguably in the last – Arguably in the last, what, three weeks? Arguably in the last three or four weeks. Yeah. You would, you would think that he, like, he's been playing like the, like the best player in the country. Yeah. I think undoubtedly so. Um, I will say to, to the point about your, you're saying about, you know, kind of like meshing together and molding together when Xavier Johnson comes back, they, Indiana was playing well. They have one of the best wins in the country, by the way, because they won at Xavier top 10 at Xavier, um, in the non-conference, um, in the Cintas center there with the, the lineup full. Um, and it, it required Jalen Huchfina to play off the ball more, um, which yeah. Remember, people were like, it's just Xavier. And we're just like, bro, Xavier's, Xavier's a good team. I, we, a really- I, I, yes, we were in playback. People were like, ah, it's just a Xavier win. It's like, tell me you don't know anything about college basketball if you don't think winning at Xavier with the team that they have this year is it a good win. Like, I think they have been oh, like playing out of their minds. I, they, I think they're above what I even expected them to be. But I still expect them to be like a fringe top 25 team and a team that's going to probably be like a five or a six seed in the tournament. Winning away from home at a five or a six seed in the tournament in a hostile environment, a non-conference game, and they're a local team too. Like they're two hours away from, from Cincinnati's two hours away from Bloomington. Like There is some bad blood between people from Ohio, people from Indiana. They, they do not like each other. Right. And to go into that environment and, and win and not just win, they won um, like in a tough fought game. Like it was close back and forth. There was runs for both teams. It was a great game. And, and Trace had a fantastic game. Like they won, like that showed me so much about this team. And again, they haven't been fully healthy really since then. Um, and since they absolutely annihilated UNC at home, they, they haven't really been the same um, as far as health wise. So again, Xavier Johnson is supposed to come back at some point during the next month. Um, and hopefully he'll get about four or five games in the Big Ten before uh, before the Big Ten tournament and then obviously the NCAA tournament so that the Indiana can kind of get him worked in. But I think if, if, if you are tr- you know sitting there and have completely written off Indiana, um, especially after their terrible start, 
I think you guys, you know, you might want to start reconsidering that anal- that analysis and, and that opinion at this point because, again, they've they've played one of the harder schedules so far in the Big Ten, honestly. Um, you know, they've already played Rutgers once. They've already played Penn State, who's been killing it, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Michigan State. Um, and they're still they're still up there uh, towards the top of the conference. So um, they won four in a row. They won four in a row, and those weren't easy four in a rows. Like they beat Wisconsin when they were 18th in the country. They didn't have Tyler Wall right in that game. No, they did not. But we absolutely still massacred them. Like again, yeah, it was an 18 point win. Beat, no, it wasn't that close either. Go to Champagne and win. You beat Michigan State. You know, those are some. Those are some pretty good wins, pretty good wins. And they have a shot here to win yeah. the next two. They should beat Ohio State at home. Um, at Maryland game is going to be tough. Should, it's a yes. Tuesday night. Um, but you still have Purdue twice. Um, got Rutgers once, but that's at home. Um, you got Illinois again. So st- still a pretty tough finish here for them. Um, they should be a tournament team, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think as long as they don't go on like a five or six game losing streak at some point, as long as you, you kind of keep your head above 500 in the big 10, if you're Indiana, they will be a tournament team. Um, and then it's just about how well are you playing in March? I think right now people are projecting them to be like a, a, a four or five seed. I think I've seen projected and even Wait, who? I think Lenardi had them at like a five. Who, who had, a, who was at a five? Indiana. No way. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Ain't no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Bracket Matrix has them around a seven. Seven? Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I've seen six or seven um, for the most part. I've had some people that, that are higher on it, on them than most, but. Yeah, I see. I see like their lowest bracket is five. Their best is best is ten. Lowest is five and best is ten. Yeah, yeah. So and they're really all over the place. People are all over the place with with putting them in, in brackets right now. But again, it's 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 late January. I don't really know how much you can read into the brackets projections right now. But um, the wild child here. So be ready. Yeah, yeah. The wild child about to walk in here. A little walk. Purdue. That Purdue game at home next week is going to be awesome. Or I guess yeah. it's, a, it's a week and a half. But, yeah, it's still going to be awesome. What is the timetable for uh, Xavier? Again, I, I was told February. So, like, honestly, Brace Thompson came back so fast. I would not be surprised if you saw him for either one of the Purdue or Rutgers games at home. I I would not be shocked to see him suit up. He's been on the bench um, each of the last couple games. I think last game – he was still wearing a boot, but again, Bryce Thompson was also wearing a boot and then showed up next game. So I, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about the games last night briefly. Then we can let's do it. Um, there let's was um, uh, let's go Michigan State versus Iowa. Uh. Right away, Malik Hall changes changes this team. Uh, nothing that we didn't know, but it's always funny, like, seeing it. Like, you could see the energy 
you can see the ability that he has. Yeah. But what pisses me off about Malik Hall is that he would do these wild things where he's out there killing, looking like one of the best forwards in the entire country. And then for some reason, the next game, he's just chilling. He's just absolutely yeah. chilling. Yeah. Like this last game, he had a, he had a, 11 points, three rebounds, a assists, big-time dunk, really good job getting on the boards, really good job on defense. And then for some reason, he'll play a game and then shoot the ball like twice. Yeah. Like, I don't understand, bro. Like, look, there should be a mandatory that he takes at least six shots a game. And if you don't, yeah. if you don't, yes. he has to be up at 4 a.m. running or doing something because his foot is bad. But doing something that's, that he doesn't want to do. Like, like get up at 4 in the Got morning it. and watch, like, Gone with the or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> just make it super – just super punishing because he needs to shoot the ball. He needs to be aggressive. Um, when he's aggressive and Tyson Walker's aggressive, A.J. Hogarth's aggressive, this is one of the best teams in the Big Ten. Like, easily. He's arguably their second best player. Arguably. Um, oh. Oh, uh, 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 Malik Hall. Yes, yes. Who do you think is first? I don't. I don't. That's a tough question. I, like they have like a legit tier of like three or four guys who is like one A, one B, one C, and one D. Yeah, I, I think their most most important player I think is Hogard, but I think their best player is uh, Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker's been really good this year. Yeah, I think Tyson Walker is, is their best player because again, he's the guy that I know you want Hogard to have the ball, but you need a shot like five seconds left in the shot clock. It's not in AJ Hogard's hands. The ball is not in his hands. That's in Tyson Walker's hands, right? So I think that's the sign. Tyson Walker putting his toenail on the three point line. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> Yo, he's got to stop doing that, bro. He's got to stop doing that. They lost the Purdue game by one. And two points were negated because he stepped on the line by like a fraction of like a millimeter twice. Was that you that said that Beeline made you guys run if you did that? Yes, yes, make or miss. He hated. I I hated that. I I think I think Tom Crean used to do that in Indiana as well. By the way, very similar. Yeah, it's like yo, it's like yo, get your foot behind the line, bro. Like get it behind the line. Get it behind the line. Yeah, that's that's such a silly mistake, right? Like you you work your butt off to perfect these shots. Like you take these shots all the time. Like just get your foot. Like it's the same shot. Just, just move your foot back just a little bit. And if you have to take a take a take the shot a little bit behind the line, like and just make sure. It's like it's gonna go in if you take the shot. You worked on it. Right, Tyce Walker's that good at shooting it. But yeah, no, Michigan State's, um, in my opinion, right now, with a healthy Malik Hall, I think Michigan State's the third best team in the league. I think they're, I, After all the credit to Northwestern, I think they're right below Rutgers and uh, in Purdue. I think those two teams, I think, are by far the best teams in the league. Then it's Michigan State, with a healthy Malik Hall. That's, That's the fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, 
Yeah, he's got to get his foot behind the line, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> because when, because like he hits that shot, right? If you're up three, yep. Like, if you're up three, the end of that game can go a little bit differently, right? Because like any shot mm-hmm. is at worst, at worst, you're going into overtime. But Fran draws up a really nice oh, play, yeah. really nice play with uh, Chris Murray and like a nice little, uh, nice little flare action for uh, Sanford. Murray didn't have a great pass; he threw it like by his like shins. If that's a good pass, probably a better chance that 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 ball goes in. Um, but that was a really good job by uh, by uh, Fran in Iowa there for sure. Look, Fran gets a lot of shit for being a terrible defensive head coach. And it's kind of true. They're they're not very good defensively. You even look at the, I think it was like looking at an analytics chart of all the big 10 defenders today. And it was like the bottom five were all Iowa, which I thought was hilarious. But if you did the inverse of that and did offensively, like Iowa's up there, like they play some, they run some good stuff. They, they're really good players, but it's, you know, it's just like it's the same thing every year. It's like, well, if Iowa play defense, they might be really good. And it's like they have some good individual defenders too on the team. Like I think again, Tony Perkins should be a much better defender than how he's been this year. Um He should be better altogether. I am really disappointed in his game this but year. But they're they're a tough out. They're a tough out. I Iowa's a tough out. Even though they're like kind of mediocre, they're still like mediocrely good. You know what I'm saying? I expected Tony Perkins to take a bigger leap this year, bro. Honestly. Yeah, he's been a little bit, a little bit disappointed, a little bit disappointed, which is a shame. Rabracha looks good. That's a, that's the guy that's yes, taking leap, leap for Iowa. Yes, he does. Rabracha looks real good. So does Chris Murray. Um, yeah, like like people say he's different than his brother, though. He's different. He's, he's a different player. He's he is he he's more conservative. He isn't as going to be aggressive and, and, and really initiate his presence, I feel. Um, but that's still a really good player. That's still a very good player. Um, yep, yep. He's not, he's not, but he's like, it's hard to describe to people, but I, I, they're like, oh, he's going to go to the NBA like his brother. It's like, yeah, maybe. Um, that's tough. I guess like, his game isn't NBA ready. And that's the problem with Trey Jackson Davis too. It's like, people are like, I've seen people in comments like, why isn't he in the league? And it's like, I mean, he could have gone to the league, but he probably would have been out of the league by now anyways. Because they don't have like an NBA style game. Like the game is completely moving towards like almost entirely perimeter oriented. And these are two guys that take a majority of their shots within five feet basket. And they're undersized. I think I think he has a shot in the league as as like a new age big who can mm who won't get played off the court, and he's so athletic, has really long arms. You know what I mean? You're talking about Chris Murray or, or Trace? Or I'm both? talking about Trace. Talking yeah, about yeah. I think, I think it's possible. I think Trace can play. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he has a role in the league. Really but he's got it. He's got it. It's all about who drafts him, right? And I think a lot of people miss this about the NBA. The NBA, I'll say India. The NBA. It's all about situation, right? Like – you get drafted to Charlotte, who's trying to tank for Wembenyama, and 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 you know the the coaching staff isn't really focusing on development and is mostly focused on, uh, you know, next year and the the whole organization is just it's whack, right? Whereas like 
if you get drafted to Golden State, where they're focusing on on actually developing and turning their draft picks into useful pieces so they don't have to go and spend money on free agents. Like it's a completely different different situation. Yeah. yeah. But then on the flip side, do you think Moses Moody is enjoying this time with the Warriors? No, but that's because I mean, hey, maybe he wasn't the player people thought he was, or maybe you know, something's going wrong there. But again, those kind of players that have been on winning teams and are in a winning culture, they're going to get a second shot somewhere. Whereas somebody who goes to Charlotte, stinks it up, you know, is playing bad minutes and didn't get the help he needed, might not get that second chance. Like yeah. Fortnite, which is crazy because people had people were very high on him. I was high on Book Knight because I saw what he did in, in college I and I was like, Bro, I was pretty low. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was fairly low. I was low-ish. I had him as like the fourth, the fourth two guard coming out, I believe. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan, Purdue. Um, Michigan did not have Jed Howard, which was kind of anticipated right. based off of what happened last game with him. Um, I thought. Overall, Purdue played okay. You know, I thought they played an okay game. Uh, I don't think that they played. They didn't play their best game by far, but yeah. So what now? So they didn't play their best game, but it's not like they played bad either. I was agreeing with you. Yeah, They they just played their game. They just played their Mm -hmm. game, and, uh, and that's what good teams do. Like, they don't have to play great to win every game all but they but they continuously they continuously have winning plays they continuously play the right way uh they continuously make the make make the correct plays and the correct adjustments and uh i think matt painter did a really good job uh towards the end of that game honestly with 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 how they matched up first to hunter and they matched up Edie with um with Terrace which um because they because they knew Hunter would go pick and pop so they had first on the perimeter and first is quick right. enough and he's big enough to contest and move his feet out there and then you had Terrace trying to post up Akiti and you know that's that's pretty that's pretty tough ask. Yeah, that that confused the hell out of me. I'm not gonna lie, because I was watching it. But I'm like, why are they going too big? Why are they going too big? I don't understand it. And again, you should be trying to. Sp- you have you have fours on the roster, like that can spread the floor. You have, um, you know, you talk about your number one Will Cheddar fan. You play Will Cheddar out there, and, and then run, you know, Kobe and, and the rest and the rest of the guys on the perimeter, like and, and actually try to go at the. Purdue's one weakness, if anything, is guard play defensively. Like, I, like again, they, offensively, uh, both of their guards, you know, they, they put in work. But defensively, they can be picked on. Um, that's kind of how Rutgers, Rutgers got physical with them, and they struggled. That's how Rutgers won that game. Again, it's tough. They're not going to win. They're not going to make it easy. It'll be a close game because Purdue's so good. But you can be tough, Purdue. You can be physical with Purdue. You can, you can get into them, and, and you can win that game. Um, and Michigan last night at times was, 
and then at times was not. And then I think Juwan killed them at the end by, by playing that stupid too big lineup that just doesn't work. So, um, but it, again, if, you, if you're a Michigan fan, I would be a lot more positive than I would be negative about this game just based off the fact you're playing this game without your best player um, or I guess second best player uh, and your best perimeter player. Right. Um, so, and you, you kind of kept it manageable. Like it, there was a couple of times like, Oh, is Michigan going to go on this run and kind of close this and make this like a one or two possession game? Never quite got there. But again, they they Hunter played a great game and he was given, given Purdue a lot to think about. I don't think they, I don't think they get a pass for that because they've done this all year. Mm. We're the decent team. They'll come out and they'll, and they'll play fairly well enough to be in the game, but then down the stretch, they don't make the they don't make the plays necessary to win or force any type of like late game action to either win or lose lose the, the uh, game. They never get to that point, and they didn't perform well enough in the right. non conference to give themselves the benefit of the doubt. On top of that, like when you are going to overtime with Ohio, you are you are beating Eastern Michigan, who has what four wins. By five points. So bad. I mean, They're so bad. And then you're losing to Central, which is one of the worst teams in the country. When you're doing these things and then you're coming out playing with urgency against teams that, based off the other non-conference games, you shouldn't be on the same court with, but you're out here showing and proving, hey, you got some juice to yourselves. It's It should be more annoying than anything else. It should be more annoying than anything else. If they had this sense of urgency every single game, which they don't, um, this season looks a lot different. Yeah, I agree with that. But again, some of the signs are positive in, in, in the direction of, like, I thought I liked the fight for Michigan. I Will Cheddar played a little bit more. There was, there was a little, there were some little things there. But I, I again, the too big lineup has to go, Amp, please. I I like it in, in spots. It's okay. Not against yeah. Purdue who can match up with it to their benefit. Um, Like when you have Mason Gillis at the four, hey, go ahead and come out with that. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. But when you have a Purdue team that can match you there, that's an issue. Uh, it worked when that lineup worked when they could overwhelm at the four or the five because they had to, other teams would have to choose, right? Who, like, which the right. Guard. But you can't, you can't overwhelm Purdue. Yeah, you can't overwhelm <laughs> Purdue. So I'm, I'm not sure why they, why they went that way. Um, also a lot, a lot of people were, were down on Kobe, um, Kobe Bufkin. And I thought that he played, I thought they needed him. They needed him play very mm-hmm. aggressive in the second half, and that's what he did. Uh, he played very aggressive in the second half. I believe he was five for nine right. in the second half alone um, for like nine. I think, I think like, it was like 10 or 11 points, something like that. Um, but the way that he was able to come out and be aggressive, yeah. the team needed that badly. So badly, and I think he answered the bell. I liked what Doug was doing against Braden Smith. I think he, I, I think he felt that he was a challenge, mm. and he was living up to it. And he kind of took that head on 
which was nice to see. Um, and then, and then you had, you know, and then you have the situation at the three and the four, which was, you know, kind of up and down and you didn't really know who was going to play. And you had certain guys in the game where it was kind of strange. Um, I thought it was a great time to short bench and play guys a lot of minutes. Uh, Kobe and Doug should not have come out the game. Um, then I think at the three spot, I think you you only play Joey and Isaiah Barnes there. And at the four, at the four, uh, Isaiah had a rough game last night. He came out. He came out and had a good first few possessions. Then he airballed mm-hmm. a couple. Um, <laughs> but I just think that you know, you know, he needs the minutes. He needs the game to slow down for him. Like he has all the ability, right? Um, but he's gotta, he's he's just gotta play more, and he's gotta expect to play more too. And once he's in, he's to play free. Like yes, be active, be aggressive, um, go for big rebounds, do all these things. Um, but with but like with but within the offense and within the defense, I, I, I just feel that he was put in a tough spot. He was put in a really tough spot. Yeah, I think a lot of this Michigan team has been put in a tough spot. Like I, I don't think Doug was coming into the year. I don't think you guys expected him to start. Um, I don't think you expected Kobe. I mean, I didn't expect Kobe to develop. But I don't think you expect him to, to need to be this important to the team. Um, and then I, I, I also think like, again, you're asking Terrace Reed to come in and play the four, which is not really his, his position. Will Cheddar to come in and be that glue guy. I don't think he was expecting to do that at the beginning of the year. This, I, I, the Michigan team all together is just sort of perplexing. But some of these roles were established in the non-conference. Correct. Like, got hurt against Kentucky. So Doug yep. has had time to get a lot of minutes in, right? Which is really good, by the way, for the future for Doug, right? And- yes, until they try to transfer and get someone else, right? <laughs> yeah but you know doug doug has been really good you know since that whole llewellyn thing and he's been the guy and he's had a lot of minutes and he's gaining so much experience right now same thing with kobe kobe really stepped up his game once llewellyn went out um just looking at his numbers how much more efficient he's gotten um so right. i think those are i think I think between those two, they have the experience to win some of these games for them. They have they have the experience to go out and understand what's right, what's wrong. The game should be slowed down for them. I'm talking about someone in and like Isaiah Barnes who really hasn't played. He's played more than seven minutes, I think, twice this year, and both those games were like blowouts, right. I believe, um, or they were like you know like. Uh, uh, games that were like, hey, we need some sort of like boost or something. But he's not playing every game. Um, but I don't know, man. It's there's there are so many games left. There are so many games left. There are so many games left, and and it's um and it's just and it's just going to get harder. It's just going to get harder for him. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's Michigan. Is there anything else you want to say about any other Big Ten team that you could think of on the top of your head? Um, not at this point. Not at this point. All right. I I have one point of discussion, and that is, I think we talked about Indiana, who's who's a, a top contender for the conference. Illinois has gone through some interesting times since we last talked. Um. They since we last talked, they, I believe they played um, Indiana and lost, and then they won against Ohio State, and they won against Minnesota. So they've kind of they've won in conference, by the way. The one, two, five of the last six, right? And that's that's been since um, uh, Sky Clark transferred, right? I think I think that he transferred right before the Wisconsin after the Northwestern game. And they, they've won five of the last six, the only loss being at home against Indiana. Also play Wisconsin, who's kind of not been playing well, right? Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota next, right? They have a very winnable four-game stretch. There's a very good chance Illinois could win nine of the last ten or even eight of the last ten games. Right, um, which is which is yep. which is incredible for them. Um, the way that they started and the way that they were looking, especially right after that, the, they lost like three out of five. Like Penn State lost, which was bad. The Missouri loss was awful, and then they lost at Northwestern. People thought this, this literally the sky the sky fell out like, out of the program, right? Um, so again, like for Illinois to recover that is pretty decent. I just I don't see them. Again, they had such a high ceiling at the beginning of the year, right? Remember we were talking about, like, I think Illinois might have the highest ceiling in the conference. And while that is that is not true now, like, I, I don't think they have a ceiling at all. Um, and there are many issues at guard for them to – there are too many issues to, to be, like, that team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. But they're still – look, Illinois is not a bad team by any means of the imagination. Yeah, I agree. I agree. By the way, Indiana's on a four-game winning streak. Do you know the last time Indiana was on a four-game winning streak in the Big Ten? <laughs> 2016. That's so long ago. Yeah. That's so Archie, long. Archie Miller, in fact, went three years without winning back-to-back Big Ten games. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. That should never be a thing. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it should never. And that's why he was fired. And that's why uh, also he's like got six wins at uh, Rhode Island. So Rhode Island beat Dayton the other day. I know. You know, Archie took that kind of personally. Oh, yeah. You already know he did. You already know he did. He probably partied afterwards, too, with some co-eds. He was on a uh, oh jeez, uh, he was. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the uh, that's the Dane Fife. That's the Dane Fife back right there. No, no, no. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, he was on like field of sixty eight after after that win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was on, he was on the, one of their podcasts with like his brother. They're, but yeah. Anything else for the podcast ends? No, nah, man. I'm I'm pretty much good. I'm good. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Hopefully we we do this more. Hopefully we do this more. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, I, I was about to, I literally, the next thing I was going to say, I was like, we should definitely do this for. I don't know why we don't do this for, but we should do this for. <laughs> yeah, we, we always say that. We yeah, and we're like, and then we hang out for like five hours at night in, in playback, and we just talk <laughs> the whole damn time. And then it's like, ah, we, we should do a podcast tomorrow. And then it just never happens. So, yeah, guys, rare podcast from us. Yeah. It, it will be back. It will not be rare in the future, I promise. For sure, for sure. All right, man. Later. All right. Catch you later. See you guys.